welcome to the Rick and Danny show. We have a really, really special guest with us today. Uh, that's right. Yeah, you look behind you. Look to your left and your right. Um, it's Trevor Baxwell. He's part of uh, Man Up to Cancer, actually the founder of Man Up to Cancer. He's got a really cool story and he's doing a lot of things uh, that are positively impacting the cancer community, specifically for men, uh, as you might have guessed by the name. So uh, yeah, welcome to the show and we really appreciate you taking the time to join us. Welcome, Trevor. Wow. Thank you guys. I like, it was a rough day. My kids are on top of me. Like everyone's kind of yelling me. I've had like two angry emails and that was like a really nice introduction. So thank you. <laughs> of course. Of course. Well, Trevor, could you tell us a little bit about your story and how you um, came up with Man Up to Cancer and how this all started for you? Yeah, definitely. Um, I have been living with stage four colon cancer for almost five years. So I was diagnosed in March of 2018 um, plenty of times along the way, I did not think I would live to see 2022 or yeah, now I'm definitely going to get to 2023. So that's bonus time. Um, I've had just the cliffs notes. I've done, uh, five major open abdominal surgeries. I've done more than 50 rounds of chemo and immunotherapy. So I've been in the trenches, still in the trenches, unfortunately, um, have one active tumor right now in my abdomen, but I have a fantastic, I have fantastic teams. So I'm up here in Maine. I live in Maine with my wife and our two teenage daughters. They were 12 and 10 when I was diagnosed and now they're 17 and 15. So I have an actual senior in high school now that's um, terrifying in its own way, but um, <laughs> of course it is. Um, but yeah, so just, you know, up here in Maine, uh, I was 41 when I was diagnosed and um, you know, we can get into man up to cancer, but the biggest thing for anyone to know is man up to cancer is a support community that inspires men to avoid isolation during cancer. I, as a journalist and um, someone who dug into this issue, my own experience, and then there's plenty of research around if you isolate during cancer, which men are more likely to do, you have all kinds of negative consequences, including worse medical outcomes. So that's my lane as a patient leader, and I'm sticking with it. I think it's it's pretty crazy the the amount of evidence that's out there for, you know, married men do better than single men, men who have family support do better than those without. So I think you're, you know, certainly it's a evidence-based thing as well. It's pretty, kind of crazy how strong that evidence is. Actually. Yeah. In fact, if you could send me that, um, like, I don't think I've seen that breakdown. So like, I'd love to add that to my evidence list. Yeah. Ha ha happy to do it. <laughs> Did you, uh, did you find when, when you were diagnosed that you kind of felt that way? Like it was hard to open up at first and tell your friends and family and kind of really get it out there. What was going on with your situation? Definitely. Um, I just, you know, I told you all the physical stuff I've gone through, but mm -hmm. none of it can even compare to the emotional burden that I felt like diagnosed at 41 young kids in the really like the prime of my life. And I went into anxiety, depression, like a huge mental health tailspin. And I thought I was the only one, like, I thought I was the only guy suffering from like the emotional devastation of cancer because most guys, if they're, if they're feeling that they're not showing it to you. Right. So like I'd go online Googling, um, you know, men with cancer or dads with cancer, how to be a husband with cancer. And it's just, it's so hard to find men who will really open up and like show you that pain or show you that suffering that they're going through because we're taught to just handle our business, right? Um, don't burden others, just don't talk about it. And 
So all this, like all these guys that I would see going through cancer, like in magazines or online or wherever, it was always like guys, like champions of the world. Like I'm running a 5k, I'm still working. I'm like, I'm going through chemo. Like it was like this, like super hyper positive guy. And I was like, man, I'm on my couch all day. I can't make a phone call. I can't make a text. Like, I think I'm going to die. Like I, so, so not only had I got cancer, then as I look out at like all the pop culture stuff about guys with cancer, I think I'm failing. Like I am ashamed of how I'm responding to this. Like I shouldn't be depressed. I shouldn't be anxious. I shouldn't be stuck on my bed or my couch because look at all these guys, they're just crushing it. And as I started to go through it and I started to reach out and starting to actual talk to, to like talk with actual cancer patients and other guys in the trenches, they're like, no, dude, like that was me too. And, and that's when I started really seeing like, oh man, like there's a lot of guys out there struggling, especially with the emotional burden, but maybe they don't, oops, maybe they don't have a place to go or, or maybe they're not engaging with support communities because right, because of our cultural conditioning. So that was really the genesis of Map to Cancer was my own struggles. And then as I went out there and started getting help, all of the cancer support spaces are like 75, 80% women. So like the online groups, the co-ed groups, the like Dempsey Center here in Maine is awesome. They do free exercise classes, nutrition, counseling. You get free counseling, free group. There's all kinds of services, all free. It's 80% women. And that's, I'm learning and I have learned that it's because men tend to not engage with those communities. And that's when I was kind of figuring out, maybe it's, it's not that they won't, maybe it's just that they're, they don't want to in a co-ed space or they don't want to feel vulnerable. So that was like, okay, we need a guys only space. And people say, well, isn't it hard to get like men to talk about their cancer and really share about it? I was like, well, once we put the walls up on the Howling Place, which is Man Up to Cancer's Facebook group, which is private. So we have about 2000 guys in there, all cancer types, all ages, all backgrounds. And man, once, once people get in there and they start seeing the sharing and like, oh man, I got a scan coming up. Like I'm hurting. Like I'm, I'm, I'm afraid, like I'm going through the, or I'm going through chemo. Oh man, you give them a space. And it's like, like the sharing has been insane. Great. Now I think, I mean, there's stereotypes for a reason, right? And, and women are generally speaking better about sharing they're better about asking for support having i would say that with the asterisk right it's like yeah but we all know that this is does not apply to all men and all women correct generally speaking no exactly so i mean that's why there's a stereotype and so i think you having an avenue and creating this space for men at least you're putting it out there where it's okay either other people and i think the main thing as a guy is because we're all you know relatively you know, want to pretend pretend to have all these like strong barriers and right. walls ahead of oh, us. Oh yeah, totally. Once you see other people, you know, open up and be vulnerable, I think it's just a natural chain reaction that it's okay, it's safe. And I think we're seeing it across, you know, all different avenues. You know, athletes are being more open to mental health challenges and right. all these different, uh, yeah, all these different, bumps. yeah, all these <laughs> different places where it's okay to talk about these things. You can still be a, a macho bro right. guy and right. play in the NFL, play in the NBA. But hey, guess what? People are dealing with anxiety, depression, all these different things. So I think society, thankfully, it, it's like a you know, it's like the Titanic trying to miss the iceberg, but we're turning. We're turning we slowly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you guys are my new best friends. Like what you just said is like everything that I preach all the time. And like when people like Michael Phelps get out there and say, like, yeah, I've won like a million gold medals 
And I also go to a counselor and take care of my mental health. And like, that doesn't make me weak. It makes me strong. Like that's the type of role modeling that we are building in Man Up to Cancer. Um, we have so many guys like that, you know, they are power lifters or they're, you know, military folks. And they're like, you see them as like these hard ass guys who are like, guys, guys, like, Hey, I'm going to go bench 400 pounds. And guess what? Then I'm going to go meditate and, and put on some like beautiful music. And then I'm going to check in with my counselor later. Like, and it doesn't need to be counseling, right? There's lots of tools in the toolbox, but you get my point. Like they're taking care of their mental health. And for cancer patients, that is so huge because so much is put on the physical health, right? Like we're going to, we're going to do the chemo. We're going to treat your tumors. We're going to, this is what we're going to do to attack the disease. Meanwhile, that person is just, you know, especially for guys, you're just lost. You know, you're, I lost my identity. Like, who am I anymore? I'm a cancer patient all the time. Like can't even mow my lawn. It's like, you know, so that emasculation that happens. Um, so yeah, I'm, you're, you're spot on with, with the whole role model idea. And I think it is turning, but a lot of these seeds, I think, are just going to be planted and then, you know, in the generations to come, it'll happen. But just one quick note on the co-ed piece of it is that we have to meet men where they are. And in 2022, sometimes it's not okay to say, well, we got a man's space, right? It's like, or men need help with this. It's like, no, men are the devil. It's like, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, this is about healing men and making men better men. And, you know, there's women to women spaces. There's men to men spaces. And it's been like that since the dawn of time. And that's okay. And we're very inclusive, right? So it's just, if you identify as a man or you were born as a man, like, and you have cancer, come in our group, right? But it's like a lot of the guys in our group don't feel comfortable sharing in a co-ed environment, like deep feelings about what they're going through with their cancer because, because of everything we've been talking about. They don't want to be perceived as weak or, you know, that's a, that's a major thing in guys' brains or they don't want to, there's that barrier of asking for help, right? Like, no, no, I got this. And that whole rugged individualism is great for lots of stuff like fixing DIY projects. But with cancer, if you try to go it alone, that is a tough road and it leads to bad places. Yeah. I and you you probably notice that a lot of the guys um, who are, are single guys who don't have family support at home, don't have yeah. a girlfriend, um, really need this, these groups to help them and really express what they're going through and get their emotions on the table. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And I want to say real quick on that, like, so I'm lucky, like I'm married I, and with two great kids and my family, I, at the beginning, I was like, I'm out of here. Like, I don't want to burden you. Like, I'm going to go up to the North main woods and disappear. And they're like, hell you are like, you're staying. We're going to love you through it. My wife gave me a lot of tough love. And, but to your point, a lot of guys in our group don't have that you know, especially guys who are on their own and then they're isolated anyways. And maybe they're single, they don't have anyone and right. maybe they don't have a family around them or a community. So online communities have filled that void and then the pandemic hits and yep. it's even more isolation, right? So they're isolated by cancer and then they're isolated because maybe they're immunocompromised or they can't even get out of the house. So it's like, we would love for everything to be in person. Um, and we're meeting. So for Man Up to Cancer, we're doing tons of local like chapters and meetups but there's always the online connection, right? A guy in our group can always come on there any time of day and be like, Hey guys, I need to talk. And there's always going to be someone there for them. So I appreciate your point about someone in real life, maybe not having those resources. And hopefully it would help too. You know, I mean, the men who are coming 
to your uh, meetings and forums are undergoing treatment, but hopefully it would help guys that maybe have some symptoms even that are worried about, hey, do I have cancer, that maybe they can get onto your forums and just talk about things who with people that are undergoing treatment and and just, you know, have an open Absolutely. dialogue because a lot of these patients um, are scared to to go to the doctor to get checked out. Men are generally not great at going to the doctor to get checked out. 100%. And I feel like a lot of our members kind of come in in that space where they are just, maybe they have a new diagnosis or, or they're just reeling. And then over time, and it's not just the group, but over time, they they find their footing and then they start getting empowered learning mm -hmm. how to be an empowered patient and to really advocate for themselves. And then they start going outside and in their own platforms, telling people to screen like, Hey guys, I know everyone doesn't want a colonoscopy. Like who wants that? Uh, but it's a lot better than what I've gone through over the past five years. Right. So then you've got these guys out there starting to talk about screening and being proactive about your health as a man, right? Like getting a primary care physician, you know, if something's wrong, don't wait two years to go have it checked out. Like we all know that guy who has like this giant, like, you know, swollen jaw or something or, you know, or abdominal pain. And you're like, oh, how long has that been going on? He's like, oh, it's fine. A couple, little bit. And then you find out it's like two years and he hasn't talked to him, you know, and there's all the excuses, like it's going to cost too much. I don't trust doctors. It's nothing. It's tough. It's a, I think underneath that all is like, well, what if it is something bad? So it's like, you know, there's a little bit of fear there, but you know, that doesn't do you any good if you're not being proactive around your health. So I really want Man Up to Cancer as we go forward to be part of those discussions as well, like those public discussions around, you see it right now with, with Movember going on, you know, an emphasis on, on men's health um, in general, you know, prostate cancer awareness, testicular cancer awareness, suicide prevention, like all that stuff. So yeah, absolutely. No, I think we're, Danny and I are spoiled because we get to see patients every single day and you can kind of see where different people are at in different stages of the journey and how much connective tissue there is between each and every case and each and every story. So I think being in an online community where you can have hundreds or thousands of people together, it's just like a, you know, an exponential right. amplifier of, of that. So I think, you know, cause it, to your point, everyone's journey is going to be a little different, but the, you know, the broad strokes tend to be very similar for most people. So right. I think having that right. story to share and, and, and someone to at least, even if it's just listening, you know, that's a big deal. Right. So, and you mentioned like getting connections up front, right? You, you received the terrible news about your diagnosis. And then, you know, you felt like the only person at age 41 with a diagnosis like that. But, you know, we know as oncologists that there are a lot of people out there who have a similar diagnosis or have been through cancer treatment and can provide you with good knowledge and resources to help you through your journey, you know, and, uh, but, but you don't know that because you're right, not right, right. Especially in that early phase, like right. it's like fire hose of information. And, you know, honestly, I, I wasn't a study, I wasn't like a scholar of anatomy, like, you know, my backgrounds in journalism and PR and like, here I am talking about like all this stuff, like my, my tumor mutational burden. And like, you know, I have Lynch syndrome and all this, all these different things, my PMS two gene and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, so you're trying to like digest this and then support is kind of like the afterthought. Like you're, you're just trying to figure out like, where's my colon and what does it do? <laughs> oh, and by the way, you need a surgery like within the next couple of weeks and then you got to do chemo. Um, so yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot for, you don't know what you don't know. Um, so it's the patient to patient knowledge and learning that has really like 
at the beginning of my journey, I thought I was going to learn everything through my providers and providers are great. Like you guys are, it's amazing, but you're swamped. Like my local oncologist, he has to meet a, a patient every 15 minutes. So we just tackle what's at hand. Like we review the CT scan. Like he doesn't have the capacity to do too much more for me and that's okay. So there's the backup, right? The, the patients where it's like, Hey, you know, my oncologist is doing a great job. Like, so shout out to my local oncologist, Dr. Devin Evans, New England cancer specialist up here in Maine. Also my team at Mass General, Dr. Cusack, Dr. Clark, Dr. Cusack knows uh, me uh, very well as he's uh, opened up my belly button to sternum a couple times now and probably another one next year. But yeah, so we're all working together, patients learning from each other, learning from providers and and both ways. Yeah, and I think, you know, I, it's funny you, you use that line because that's actually what I tell patients, especially at the beginning, I say, you know, a lot of times the beginning is the hardest part. Obviously, there's the unknown, but you're having so many things thrown at you at once. It's like drinking water from a fire hose. There's yes. no way. There's mm-hmm. no way you can synthesize everything you're being told. You're going to see so many different doctors, appointments, scans. All this information's right. coming at you very fast, and it's amazing how sometimes just time, things kind of get into it. You kind of even if it's chemo, radiation, surgery, you kind of get into a little bit more of a schedule and a routine. How much that can alleviate some of that emotional burden of the unknown and so i think it's you're you're it's funny you said this usually the same line i tell patients is that drinking water yeah it's the fire yeah and (laughs) and you know and i and my providers are doing a great job to try to to try to support the mental health piece of it right like there's social workers coming around like they're they're trying to get people up but the the hard cold truth is there is a supply and demand issue like there is not enough mental health expertise especially in oncology you know, not everyone has access to it, to a oncology social worker or someone who, you know, psychosocial services with oncology, or even, even a, a psychologist, you know, or a counselor or a therapist at any point, just because there's such a huge demand and there's not enough people. So that's a, that's a difficult thing because your point around the Titanic, right. Moving with the iceberg is that it's my hope that someday the emotional burden of cancer the mental health piece of it is considered just as much a priority as how are we going to, you know, are we going to use radiation? Are we going to use chemo? What are we going to do to tackle this tumor? Because they go hand in hand. Like if you have a depressed, anxious patient who is not functioning really well, like I was kind of debilitated. Fortunately, again, my family kind of pulled me to meeting to appointments and meeting stuff, but like you're not going to get your best outcome. If you're, if you're like having a clinical mental health issue. And I just want to raise that because like, that's what I went through. And fortunately for me, I kind of, I got the help. I got the medical treatment that I needed, but man, I was in a really rough place. I think, I mean, and that's a good point because I I don't think that there's clear paths to getting help for all patients in, in right. all, in all areas. Cause I even see right. limitations in our areas to refer to mental health, to getting them, you know, the expedited help they need because they have to get on treatment and exactly. we don't have a lot of time to, you know, uh, yeah. try to try to get everything better in time for treatment, you know? So, um, I can see how that's a big issue probably in, in, in numerous places in the country, I imagine. Um, we so, hear it all the time. Yeah. Like in the group, people will be like, Hey, like, I, I think I want to try talking to someone about this, like a professional. Right. And then they come back to me like a week later, they're like, well, I've, I'm told it's like going to be nine months until I can right. talk to someone who has the expertise that I need. So, you know, the groups we're doing the best we can, but we, yeah. you know, we, we're a compliment to 
we complement the providers on the medical side, the, yeah. the mental health experts, like we're a piece of the puzzle for supporting that, you know, man up to cancer really at the heart of it. It's really simple. It's just, it's a brotherhood. It's like, Hey, you're going through cancer. So am I like, Hey, we got you. And so that's a piece of it too, but we need everyone to be rowing in that same direction in terms of like holistic care, you know? And, and I know that everyone's so maxed out with the system being what it is, but I think we're going to get there. It's just conversations like this that are helpful. Yeah. Uh, I think, I mean, give for our listeners, kind of give out some, obviously man up to cancer. And then the Facebook group you mentioned the gather it's called the gathering of the wolves. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Give, you give out, and I, you guys do a podcast as well. I understand. Yep. So yeah, give, give can you give out some of that information for our listeners yeah, so they know where to go? So, um, so again, so man up to cancer, we have a podcast website. Um, we have a private group on Facebook called the howling place. And that is the place for, if you're a man, if you're a patient caregiver, survivor, any man impacted by any type of cancer or identify as a man, you're welcome to join our group. And it's just emotional support. We don't get into treatment. We don't get into that kind of options because we have all types of cancer, right? Testicular cancer patient isn't going to sit on there talking about treatment for colorectal cancer. So there's plenty of groups out there that tackle the treatment side of it. We are the emotional side of it and the friendship side of it. So um, just the easiest thing to do to, to see all this is www.manuptocancer.com. So just manuptocancer.com. And if I could give a shameless plug for myself, please do. Of course. Um, I have been, so I was a journalist for 15 years and, and then I was a um, communications consultant for like the next 10 years. So I've been a writer all my life and I've been saving up all kinds of blogs, journal entries, everything else over the past five years. And I wrote a book, it's coming out in December, but it's not like a typical cancer memoir. It really is about the issue, men and isolation and cancer, why, you know, what the problem is, why it matters, and some of the things that we can do about it. So it's called Open Heart, Warrior Spirit, A Man's Guide to Living with Cancer. And I'm self-publishing on Amazon, on, and it's going to come out December 6th. I don't know what when, when this podcast is coming out, but... Um, in a few, in a yeah, few yeah. weeks, probably. So yeah, it'll yeah, be, yeah, it'll yeah. be out so, with plenty of time. So, yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I, I appreciate you giving me the chance. This is the first, you know, I was a newspaper reporter, but this is the first book <laughs> I've ever written. And I'm just really excited about it because the person that I hope reads this book is in the same place I was back in 2018. Someone who maybe is lost and struggling out there and looking to know that they're not alone. And this is really a comfort because all of us with the diagnosis and especially those of us in active treatment in those trenches, we carry around this burden and it's very much like an ox, you know, you got this big yoke on you and the whole point of man up to cancer is that we're going to work together to carry it so that we can lighten the load for all of us. Um, so I'm excited to share that with everyone. No, congratulations. That's amazing. Congratulations. I mean, it'll Jordan. be a amazing resource and I'll certainly Guide some patients. Thank you, guys. Ray. Yeah, we'll have to check it. it out, read it, and I I can think of a uh, a few patients off the top of my head that are going to benefit from your Facebook page and really kind of help them their journey through their thank cancer you. treatment. Yeah. 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 So thank yeah, thank you yeah, for all that you, you guys. do. It's, it's it's really word of mouth. It's just kind of spreading, and and again, it's not it's not rocket science. It's right. a simple thing, but like when I started doing this, I thought there was a lot more out there specifically for men, and turns out they're just there really isn't a lot. I mean, there are people here and they're doing the same mission and, and I'm with them. Right. Um, right. but I just feel like so much in cancer land is tailored to either a co-ed or a women audience. Um, so this is something for the guys. And I, and like I said, there's a reason for that. Um, 
Yeah. Are also, you, go ahead. Are you thinking of growing uh, that annual event, the Gathering of the Wolves? Are you thinking of expanding it or moving to different areas of the country? What, what's your goal for that? Of that? Yeah. So I, I think pretty short term. I mean, I do have a long term vision, but you know, with my prognosis and everything, it's kind of like I'm very much in the here and now. So I'm thinking about 23. Um, we're planning for the gathering of wolves, which is, yeah, we had 50 guys, about 55 guys come to our first one in September of this year from all across the U S Canada. We even had a guy come from Belgium. It was his first trip to the U S which was awesome. Um, and, and it was just, it was amazing. And, and we all want to do it again. So we're planning the gathering of wolves, September 7th through 10th, 2023, same place. Um, Camp Duffield in Delavan, New York, which is just south of Buffalo. We have uh, my guy, Michael Reilly. Shout out to Mike Reilly. He lives right near Buffalo, and he basically did a ton to set this up, along with, I got to shout out Danny Riggins and uh, Don Helgeson and Joe Bullock. Thank you, guys. Um, so, yeah, we're going to grow the gathering. So I, I think we're going to have up to, you know, so we had like 55. We've already got more than that who already want to go this year. So, we're going to figure out how to get as many people into camp Duffield as we can, even if it's like Woodstock style where people are just tenting there because that's where we're going to be for next year. And I don't know beyond that, but um, yeah, we're really excited about the gathering um, for 2023. Um, and again, if you just check out my, the website, you can find out about the gathering. That's super cool and exciting. Yeah. No, it's amazing. Sounds like a great event. Um, was Thank there yeah. anything else that you wanted to either plug or, or talk about something helpful for our our patients or those listening no i mean not really other than just to say like as someone who's been in like i've, I've had, had like, like i was stable on immunotherapy for several months in 2020. 2020 other than that i've gone from surgery to treatment to surgery to treatment like i've been in the trenches for almost five years so i just want to say to anyone listening who's in there anyone who is in those trenches fighting you know i see you i know how hard it is i know how much of a struggle it is and I'm thinking about you and, and we're in this together. Um, so I just, you are seen and you are valued. And I know how hard it is to slog through this cancer life, especially when you're living the stage four life. So just shout out to everyone in there and to you guys, our providers, our oncologists. I mean, we can't do this without you. So just, just love all around and tell those drivers down in Florida. Like I was down in like, I took my daughter to a softball tournament in central Florida, like Gainesville. And I thought I was in like a Mad Max movie. Like it was serious. Like there's the, like people are flying by you at like 140. They're doing 10 things in their car. I don't even know. There's pickup trucks, but every single one has like those huge tailpipes where they're, and they're lifted up in the front. It's craziness. We don't, we don't play down here. <laughs> it's, it's, it's survival of the fittest on the road for sure. But like, there's no police to be seen. They've given up. Like, yeah, no, no, we're lawless. We're lawless town. I mean, we're Mad Max with, with way more water down here in Florida though. That's the, that's the big, that's the big water world. Yeah. He, ignore water world. He just put in his order for a blue and orange pickup. I don't know what he's yeah. thinking. You know, I love it. It's like, it's, it's like, yeah, it's like fend for yourself. People like, <laughs> Yes. You know, this is Florida, but you know, I love you guys down there. I want to get down there more. Um, you know, I wish it was closer, but, um, you know, maybe this winter I can convince my wife to do another quick getaway. My friend, uh, let us come to Sanibel last year. He has a condo there and that was beautiful. And then he sent a picture of like everything destroyed. Yeah. And it's, oh, it's horrible. Horrible. Well, you have an open invitation to come visit us. And if there's anything we can do to help you guys spread the message, if there's, you know, anything I could do for the community or Danny can do, I'm sure we'd be more than 
happy to. So we, you know, just really appreciate you taking the time to come talk with our audience. Absolutely. I'll send you guys what I'll do is just send you some postcards because that's really like our promo materials is um, and usually it's like, you know, the the treatment rooms where people are handing these postcards out in the treatment rooms and guys are picking them up. So I'd love to send some down to you. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot, Trevor. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Trevor. This was a lot of great information. Appreciate it. Really nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Take care.